Well, hello, Merlin. Hello. I like it when we have little like audio problems in the beginning that no one knows about in the in the final. Why? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like it's, it makes me feel like I'm doing something. Oh, it keeps it fresh. Yeah, it keeps it fresh. <laughs> keeps yeah, you on toes. I, excuse me. Keeps you on your toes. Toes. toes? I gotta change my mix. Oh my god. Turn it oh, up. That's what uh, you want to do. No, I'm trying to avoid. I've been I've been told about bleed, and I'm working on it. What kind of headphones? Uh, are hi, you Dan. Using? How are you? Oh, hi, Merlin. Oh man, I'm looking at. Do you use closed some... closed headphones or open headphones? Um, I they're as far as I know they're closed. I don't think I've ever owned open headphones. I <laughs> Never. Don't really no, I really understand what they're for. Uh, people who like them seem to really like them. I think they well, like well, the why, air. Why are they the open? Airflow. 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 Yeah. Huh. Okay, let me try this one more time. Talk a little bit. Oh, hi, Merlin. How are you doing? Today's May second, twenty twenty three. I might bleed, but. It doesn't matter. A bleed doesn't matter here because you're recording everything. I record and I serve. You do? Mm-hmm. Whom? Whom do you serve? Everyone has someone that they must serve. In That's my what Bob case, Dylan said. it is my audience, my beloved listeners. Bob Dylan says you got to serve somebody. <laughs> he was talking about our Lord. Oh. See, he, he left your uh, <laughs> tribe. That's right. Um, he did. Poor guy. Oh, so now he like doesn't get discounts and stuff like that. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't get the um, the early bird special. <laughs> yeah, the early bird gets the special. Um, also, you know, uh, he can eat shrimp now. Right. He can yeah, have that's, meat and I mean, milk that's on the a same big plate. Thing. Uh-huh. And that's everything I know. That's all one need know. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So I see. I see on our calendar today. I think. That we might we might have a sponsor. Yep. And what ways. I, I don't want to steal any of my future thunder. Steal your future thunder. Okay. But I did ask Chat GPT to write the ad spot for us today. Oh no kidding. I just tried a new chat GPT dongus that's heavy on the like mm, talk talk like you're a gym teacher type stuff, you know? <laughs> oh, cool. I didn't use like that. A, yeah, get a, make a title based on these keywords. Wow. Do you want to do the read now? No, I want to save it, but I wanted to you, wet the appetite. Why don't you, is it text you've written out? I mean, it's text it wrote out. If you want to send that to me, I would be happy to pass that through Descript and have Santa Claus say it for you. <laughs> Does do we still get credit if if we are not the ones that I don't know if you're gonna like this or not, and I kind of wanted it to be a surprise for you. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this the show? No. Will this <laughs> yes. ever air? Everything is the show. Everything is the show. It's always the show. All right, I'll write that down. Um, they could okay, be in your wisdom do, document. Just, really we're like always doing the show. In the Santa Claus voice. I have never heard the Santa Claus voice. Oh, well, you don't listen to my work. It's a, it's a running bit. The only thing I use Descript Overdub for these days is uh, to do stupid things. And my favorite is either the, the movie trailer guy, the inner world guy, or, uh, or Santa Claus. They give them names. The thing is, these are all, I mean, Don, what's his name? I always want to say Don LaPrey. That's the guy in the TV commercials. Don La Fontaine. Don La Fontaine. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? I, he was, I believe he passed away, but he was that. Well, before he, before he was dead, he was Don LaFontaine. I, wasn't he the guy that did all the Ooh. very like 90s, 2000s kind of commercials well, for movies? you're going to make me find this now. Yeah. By which I mean, I now I have to find this now for you my have own. To do it. 
Uh, there's a wonderful bit for some awards show, maybe a slightly obscure awards show, and they do this great filmed bit where, you know, Donald LaFontaine famously had a limo, and he would just go around town. This is before, like, ISDN lines and stuff. <laughs> I assume you have an ISDN line on your seat, on your uh, sleigh stack. But um, he would just go around town. He had a limo, and he would just go from job to job, just doing movie trailers all day long. That's all he needed to do. Yeah, and so this limo pulls up, and, and Don LaFontaine gets in, and then other people get in, and it's got the, you know, um, the Disney guy. The, the, there's like a voice, you know. Maybe we could watch this later as uh, uh, something for you and me to unwind That'd be with. fun. Anyway, the Santa voice is very funny because uh, the, the name for that voice is Nicholas. <laughs> because I think yeah, Santa Claus Nick, is a copyright sure. of like Indiana or something. Santa Claus is copyrighted, the word? I don't know. Coca-Cola popularized uh, Santa Claus. Uh, Clement Moore, W. Clement Moore kicked it off, I think, with his beloved poem, uh, The Night Before Christmas. Mm -hmm. But I think it was Coca-Cola putting in their advertising that made it break. Now, that might be a turns out. I should talk to the hidden brain guy and find out if that actually says something about my cognition <laughs> and what it turns the out to be. The hidden brain guy. Hidden brain. The hidden brain. Yes, he collects and reads press releases. Oh. They call it primary research. Okay. What else we got going on this week, Dan? I, 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 let's, 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 let's have a fun one. Let's do something fun for a change. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about something. How about one week a month? Important. I'll have things planned and we'll do it. Okay. And then the other times we'll just do whatever we're doing. Well, I got an update on my, my switches and my smart home. It's the number one thing I've got. I so know. far I have uh, Foo, Bar, huh? Dan's smart home, Don <laughs> LaFontaine, and Baz. Baz Lerman. Well, that's all you need. Yeah. I thought it was Bat, but I think it might be Baz. I spell it Baz. Yeah, Foo Bar Baz. Do you have anything that you do that just drives your kid absolutely bonkers and that you keep doing it? I, I for since they were very it's little, pr it's practically the primary study. Of <laughs> it's my your life. job. I refer to an iPad well, as let's an. Let's do that. I, let's do things that drive our family crazy. Uh, my main thing is I'll refer to an iPad as an iPads. Drives them crazy. That means peace. Is that what that means? Well, Paz, <laughs> Pax, you got Pax in yeah. Latin, and I think I think Paz. In Espanol, I think I the eyepiece. Oh, that's funny. That's that works. Eyepiece, yeah. and 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 then because because he knows you do is you're doing it wrong, and he knows you're doing it wrong, and he knows you know he knows you know yeah, that he's doing it him. wrong, and that's what makes it a dad joke. That's what makes it fun. I asked ChatGPT for some uh, knock knock jokes the other day, and Any I good. I I mean I I'm not a huge fan of jokes. I liked jokes when I was a kid. But I'm not as into them now. I mean, when they're good, they're real good. But um, it's actually, it's not that funny. But they're totally dad jokes is the funny part. Oh. I said to the dingus, I said, give me a knock-knock joke about the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. <laughs> and it said, knock-knock, who's there? Heisenberg. Heisenberg who? I'm not certain. <laughs> That's not said, bad. Because I'm very polite to the robot. <laughs> I want it to be nice to me after the revolution. Do you I ever ask it to write stories or poems for you yes i ask it the, the thing that i've been doing now is i'll say do people no, the, i'm sorry dan just quick quick in-band communication do people hate this when we talk yes, about this yes okay good, uh, go ahead. irrelevant i will say in the style of shakespeare write me a sonnet about and then i will come up with something weird and then oh, i'll send no, it i'll send I'm, it to my son or daughter yeah 
Okay, I'm still doing my mix. Have yeah, you I noticed totally that, the, that. that that it will try really hard to make the poem optimistic or the story optimistic? Well, like, I think it's tuned. I don't know how this stuff works, and I know it's going to take all our jobs and kill us. But, I mean, I think it's tuned to be friendly. I think the thing a lot of people overlook, if they've even bothered to use ChatGPT, I continue to contend that a lot of people, and you know, it's not, they don't need to care. They don't need to like this. They no. don't need to be optimistic about, you know, Skynet or whatever. But I think it's kind of a bummer that there are people who could benefit from this. I mean, I was text or, you know, posting about this today, the whole thing with um, the writers going on strike, the West Coast Guild oh, yeah, of Writers. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it was like, oh, ChatGP, or like AI is going to take over for writers. And, and my thought was like, have you ever had a job? Have you ever, are you employed, sir? <laughs> Have you ever worked anywhere what with a team? Is this? Huh? <laughs> what day is this? What day is this? Um, <laughs> yeah, he draws a lot of water in this town. Um, no, no, and I don't want to be unkind because I, I certainly understand that there are things about this. Okay, here's what I thought this morning when I was waking up, as long as we're deep in the stack. As I was waking up this morning, I was thinking about lots of things, as you do. And one of the things I was thinking about is that with so much when we say technology well there's the technology when we say technology these days we kind of mean ever since the era of the pc the implication in most cases is consumer facing you know technology based on some kind of like computing i mean that's not everything but that's when we say technology these days if you saw a technology section in the paper you think it's going to be like, um, you know, whatever, Doc, Dr. Dildo's uh, PC world or whatever. <laughs> right. Red yeah. Bart. Red Bart. Ah, PCs. Have you checked out the new PCs? <laughs> have, have you seen the fabs for the nanochips? I, the the idea that we used to go to, we would get in our car, we would drive to a bookstore, <laughs> we'd go to the magazine section, we'd uh -huh. peruse the, the shelf, we would find a magazine there that would talk to us, uh, have articles in it about computers, and we would yeah. buy the magazine and we'd take it back home and we would read that on, in, in a chair. And then we would know something about computers. <laughs> That's absolutely right. When I got my Mac World, my Mac Week, or my Mac User, and that varied depending on the name, and <laughs> reflects the time. Right. Yeah, I would read the crap out of that. Um, Didn't you used to have a column in, in Macworld for a while? Mm -hmm. I, want, I wrote a letter to Aldous Magazine one time that was published. I wrote a letter to GQ asking about how frequently you should launder your ties, and they published it. <laughs> <laughs> this was, what? by the way, yes, this was 1991. He was six years old. I was, uh, I was probably... You can't launder silk, know, Dan. No, you can. They dry clean it. You know, how long, how quickly, you, how dry often cleaning. you should do that. What a that. scam that is. And they said that barring any obvious stains or blemishes, never. Right. Are you a sloppy boy? Not at all. Well, then you, you oughtn't worry. Is somebody sloppy on you? They put, they put my mind at ease. Put your mind at ease. They did. So just to, to, to finish that, that dumb, unnecessary thought, sloppy boy. Um, but my mind goes back to a class at New College, one of the many classes I regret never getting a chance to take, just because, you know, time. But, um, and it was called, uh, I think it was, it was, oh God, who was it? It was the sociology guy. And I think the class was called Language, Culture, and Society. And, you know, when you're talking in, th in terms of anthropology, I'm not trying to sound fancy, but like when we talk about, especially like anthropology, history, those kinds of things, technology has a much more, 
general and muscular meaning that covers all kinds of stuff. I, I bet it could be argued that a chimp using a twig to get ants out of a log is a, is a, a kind of technology. Right. But today, I mean, it's when we hard. say what I, is technology? Is it just, is it, is it making a tool? Is it using well, a tool? Is it imply that's, that's more a, that's than a, that? That's a really, that's a very good question. I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm stipulating or hypothesizing better. I'm hypothesizing that for most of us, especially people who claim to like quote technology, it's kind of mostly about computers. It could be about heart valves. Um, it could be about Stuxnet. Uh, it could be about <laughs> an improvement in Dr. Scholl's insoles, right. but mostly what people mean is computers, computers. and stuff that's like computers. internet. I, I mean, I think, and, and I very nearly get into, you know, slight dustups with people sometimes because like, I don't think technology, I don't think it's, I don't think it benefits as much. It's okay. Technology is a great shorthand for saying like, you meet somebody and they're, they're going to cut your hair and they say, what do you do? I say, I do podcasts about butts and technology whatever and like you know they can you know make their own determination about whether that's something they want to pursue further right that's fine T tech tech in that case it means it's a shortcut right but i mean tr transportation is not synonymous with cars and planes there's lots of ways to get around so i'll just i'll just read i can't believe i'm reading one of my tweets actually i can that's exactly the kind of thing i would do this guy had a really funny thing the other day because you know it's it's uh it's 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 an occupation of many people right now to shoot fish in a barrel, and I like I don't I don't have a dog in this fight per se, but it is it's it's somewhere between funny and absurd. Hmm. What a weird hard on people have about AI and what it's going to do to the world without really having any experience. Now I don't have any understanding of it. I would cede that concern to the guy who quit Google or whatever because AI is going to you know take your mom away but it's a bummer that people see this as just oh this is a way that like people want to generate scripts for movies or this is the way that dinglings well using it in the way forgive my saying that you were playing with it like oh i, I can't be bothered to write an email about this thing well that's, that's fine and, and that's okay because that anytime you get a new product it, first of all it'll always be games and porn but also it's an opportunity for you to exercise the domain knowledge that you have to lightly test how something works, right? So if you know a lot about a thing and you go and start, you know, puttering around with something that presents itself as an all-knowing expert opinion about that domain, like in your case, that might be um, development, you know, in certain kinds of, you know, platforms like you or Syracuse or Marco or you know, anybody could like look at somebody's code a lot of the time and probably go, you have no idea what you're doing. You're not even closing. <laughs> or or, or looking at the code we wrote ourselves six months ago. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's I mean, typically like, the, I'm a, I'm the a, reality. There's, there's, as Syracuse has uh, framed it for me, you know, there's top down, top down and bottom up people. And I'm very much a bottom up guy where like, I would much rather scratch my itch than like go to school for two years to learn the proper way to do something. And that's how I've always done it. I, like everybody else, be honest, I started out copying everybody's source code and learning, oh, that's a bold, that's an italic, that's a whatever. So, so for people who don't know, because they're not developers or whatever, the difference like between top down and bottom up is is what? The top down, you're you're looking at I think planning, to, decision yeah, developers, making. Well, we, what we were talking about was, 
I have this uh, another boy. I'm so deep up my own ass right now. <laughs> I mean, I have this thing that I have said that I believe it's from the document. I believe it to be true, and I'm going to talk about it tonight on Rectifs. Um, before deciding that you have solved, I'm going to put the wisdom document in notes because more people should be reading that shit. Um, you, before I decide, like to just announce that I have solved a problem. In my experience, there's more to it than that. A in the same way that some people say technology when they mean PCs versus chimp sticks title. Um, <laughs> like a lot of times people say, oh, I solved a problem. Well, okay, but like, did you solve the problem or did you just keep trying different things until it was less bad, right? Because there is a big difference. In order for me to feel fully, to the best of my ability anyway, to feel like I've quote unquote solved a problem, there's some things that need to line up. In order to know that that problem is fixed, I guess maybe toward the end of that array, I need to know what, how a specific solution I applied made something not be broken anymore. And then con sort of consequently, I have to understand kind of what caused the problem. If you don't know what caused the problem and you just keep on plugging and replugging, well, it's very fair to say that the problem is not as bad or not bothering me as much, or, you know, those kind of dumb things where it's like, oh, I have a dead pixel on my monitor unless I restart it five times a day. And it's like, well, technically you fixed it, I guess, whatever. You know what I mean? There's those kinds of things though where you're just whacking around in the dark, trying different things, maybe, maybe with some level of expertise, but like the thing I've been struggling with for over a year that I finally quote unquote fixed this week, I don't know if y'all have ever seen the, um, the process called user note D, which is a daemon for notifications. I've had user note D running at, on one of my CPUs anyway, at 100%. Yeah, they do that. For over a year. <laughs> and I have- You won't kill, you won't kill it. You oh, keep... I finally did. Oh. No, but but to, to my point, I, I know what I did. I copied and pasted off of Stack Overflow. Mm -hmm. It went away and has stayed away for a day and a half, but I don't know what fixed it because I don't know what was wrong. I've been running and I've, I've pulled in a few of my friends, you know, reluctantly to say like, hey, can you just look at this sample from, you know, console? Like I'm seeing a lot of stuff in here for this Java library having to do with, um, because you know how it is, you, do, you run a, you hit a sample, you, you did this, right? You go to, a, a, God, I'm sorry, I now speak in launch bar shortcuts. <laughs> I go to ACT, I go to Activity Monitor, right? And I see my user note D running at 100%. I click it, double click it, and I say sample the process. It goes ticka, 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 and spits out this like nested, uh, you know, it's got the, the, the calls and all the stuff. And all I really know how to do is open it up in VS Code as a .log file and then like look for things that seem to be appearing a lot. How deep, the, I don't know what I'm doing. But I, I was like, okay, there seems to be some Java-ish library that has to do with time zone conversions and there's something involving ICS, which I'm given to believe is a calendar thing. And so but what do I do to fix that? Uh, this is a good topic. I start whacking around. I'm trying different things. I figure, oh, you know, iCloud can frequently be behind weird problems. Maybe log out at least of my calendars. Long story short, for over a year and with help from Syracuse twice, uh, I'm sorry to say he's a, very, he's a very good friend to help me with my dumb stuff. But um, I, I didn't know what it was. And, and apparently, like, everywhere you go, it's like it could be different things. It could be Growl. It could be, right. I think this is a Monitor Your Kids app, but there's this app called Bark mm -hmm. that looks like it could cause it. 
There's another growl-like notification thing that could be causing it. So it seems like it's something that's a sort of like, not the highest level, There's some, and it's not the lowest level, but somewhere in between, there's some library or maybe it's a settings file. I don't know. Back in the day, I would run um, RooSwitch. Remember RooSwitch? Where you could like drop the icon for an app onto, I think it was called RooSwitch. Drop an icon for an app onto RooSwitch. And we go, okay, this application has this P list, this library thing, this application support thing, blah, 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 blah. And if you want, you can basically, you can clone that and change it, or you can like, it basically will, it's sort of like conflict catcher. It'll just remember all the stuff that was in there and start you out fresh, right? And, you know, that's, that's one way to try and like at least sort of isolate it, but it's kind of long story short, it's been driving me a little bit crazy. I don't think it's affected performance, um, but it's really annoying to me that no matter what I do, this thing kept coming up. And finally, I found this chunk of code from a previous version of the Mac. And I can't believe I'm going to tell Syracuse I did this because it's so goddamn stupid. But it, it, you know how things change over time and like what's where in the library and mm -hmm. going to library, going to, um, you know, application, going to app library, application, uh, wait, application library? What's that what it's called? Under library? Application oh, uh, support. Application support. Application, application support, support is where all and those config grab files the are going to be. Grab the folder called like notification center, drag it to your desktop, restart, do the dance, you know, burn some sage, and then run this big warner in terminal and restart. And I thought, okay, well, I've really closely followed these directions. I've tried to find, of course, the way I work then is if I find one set of, set of directions that seems weird or old, I search for similar words related to that and see if it's a solution that popped up anywhere else. As we all know, you know, topic on Rectif, sometimes there are all these times where you find somebody that goes to every forum about something and announces they've solved a problem. And then inevitably on at least one of those forums, you see them come back and go, uh, actually this just made it worse. I ran that thing, I restarted it and it worked. Can I say I solved that problem? I don't think so. And not in the way I would put that because I don't understand what caused it. I don't really understand what fixed it. And I don't have any level of confidence that if it comes back, I'll be able to replicate it you know, uh, replicate that quote unquote solution, but doing anything more than just pasting that one or into, you know, semicolon, <laughs> you know, terminal command. Mm -hmm. But um, as far as the AI stuff though, I mean, oh, so, so, so yeah, I was gonna read you my uh, tweet cause I'm broken inside. So this guy, this guy said a thing and like, this is pretty typical of the like, you know, oh, AI, it's so stupid. Have you tried to ask it anything and it doesn't know things? And and so the guy said, if you're not using, it's a joke. This is a joke, okay? Yeah. And I know it's a joke. He said, if you're not using ChatGPT for every aspect of your life, you're falling behind. I spent 20 minutes using ChatGPT to do something that would take one minute with Google. Here's how <laughs> I did it, how you can too, <laughs> colon. You know, like thread, one of a question mark, right? Funny, true, absolutely. I get where you're coming from. Let me, let, me, let me turn that joke into a statement that's close enough to true, close enough for government work, which is people like me love dicking around in ChatGPT and prodding around and doing all this seemingly sort of unnecessary stuff like, why would you want to learn about a new thing? We've got an old thing that works. Well, it's like before Google came along, what did people say? Oh, why don't you just spend an hour on AltaVista? 
Well, that one minute on Google might have taken an hour on AltaVista. But also, maybe is it possible that those are completely different sorts of things and we don't know enough yet to understand what this could do? And, and pieces of shit like me who spend hours in ChatGPT might actually be discovering interest. Who knows? Who knows? And, and, and of course, it'll take away my job and hire Santa Claus. If you're not using ChatGPT for every aspect, here's what I said. I said, this is very funny and certainly true in spirit. But it's a little like someone in 1880 declaring they've seen enough and will only ever utilize transportation that eats and shits. Because you know there was a time, even into the 20th century, which I still continue to believe should be called the 19th century, but whatever. Into the early 1900s, even when cars were around scaring the horses, you know, there, there was a time, I bet, where people were like, look, I decided a long time ago, I'm never getting on a train. I'm not getting in one of those cars. And they had their reasons. But guys, can't we learn a little bit from history? Is, it, is, is everything that comes along, does it all need to be like some kind of big, scary red flag thing? And maybe it should be. But so far, man, I'm... So the thing I thought about this morning when I woke up, I says to myself, I says, you know, this is going to end up... I got to turn you up. I cannot hear you. Uh, okay. Talk, yeah, turn, talk, talk. I told you, turn it up. Well, but then we'll have bleed. Ugh, okay. I mean, how can I have bleed the way I do it? All right, somewhere between check. That's amateur, okay. amateur hour stuff. You're getting bleed. You got to talk to your editor. Every single one of my hosts is a different volume. It's maddening. Let's turn it up. But then it bleeds. It's not gonna bleed the way I do it. I'm really loud. Not really. I said to myself, I say, you know, this is gonna be like everything. Yeah. Cosmo. Oh my God. How can they afford to? They'll bring me a Snickers bar and a Sloan CD. True story. They'll bring me a Sloan CD and a Snickers bar. And like some, <laughs> some slender person on a bike will bring that to my house. How is that viable? How is Peapod viable? How is Webvan viable? How is fellow, as, as funded by the same VCs as my company was, our company was, um, pets.com. How is that sustainable? How can you deliver a 40-pound bag of cat litter for free? Well, you know the answer to a lot of that was, <clears throat> well, now we know, right? We look back and we go, okay, well, Peapod and Webvan didn't realize that they're a transportation company, not a grocery company. Those are very, very different kinds of things. It's the reason that Kendall, you know, uh, wants to have it not be a real estate play. He wants it to be a tech play. You know what? That's actually true. What Kendall said is true. You're more likely to get these dinglings to invest in your thing if you can spray it with, quote, here's that word again, right? Sp put some technology spray on there. And now your real estate thing, like we work, right? We work. It was a real estate company, mm -hmm. kind of, yeah. that sold itself as a tech company. Sure. And but like, don't we don't we learn over time? You know about about those kinds of things. Don't we? We can look back and retrospect and go like, oh, I, now I, I have a way of understanding that problem that I did not before. And if it weren't for all that, you know, intervening mm -hmm. quote unquote technology. Mm -hmm bad decisions, good decisions, more bad decisions, like eventually you learn. So like, like right now, like, like for the longest time, when you first got Amazon Prime for whatever it was, 80 bucks a year, I don't know what it was. When you first get Amazon Prime, you're like, oh my God, I can get all this stuff delivered today. Well, that's a false economy. They're, they're losing their shirts on that in the same way that like Walmart has learned that like, if we put this five gallon jar of pickles on an end cap and say it's nine cents, like we'll, we know that we can make that up. That is what in the business is called a loss leader. 
And like, we can get you to get to buy this lawn, lawn boy, you know, lawnmower and these Levi's jeans and all of these things. But they understand that. That's, that's the domain that they understand. But I was just thinking to myself, you know, I bet this is going to be like everything else where it's amazing for a while. And then it gets, it's what Cory Doctorow, I'm sorry I'm cursing so much, but that's just what it is. The inshittification of mm -hmm. products, mm -hmm. right? First, you got to get market share. Like, then you got to get partners and sponsors, and then you screw everybody. <laughs> and my feeling right now is, I mean, like, I feel like I just want to enjoy this, you know, hazy golden time with ChatGPT because I... I mean, pretty. I mean, I don't want to sound like a downer, but like pretty much all of this "quote unquote" tech stuff eventually gets into the hands. First, it's in the hands of somebody who blows a lot of money, and it gets into the hands of somebody who doesn't care about their users, and it'll certainly screw us. But um, I do that all the time. What did I do? I did one. I did a. My, this one didn't turn out too good, so I didn't post anything about it. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So as far as like so the poem stuff, I said I ask it to write a villanelle about the Big Lebowski. <laughs> I asked it to write a quatrain about the Big Lebowski. Um, quatrain short, I'll read that. It's not very good, but you know, it's, it's a computer. Uh, bowling alley nights, a rug ties the room. In a world full of chaos, the dude does bloom. Mixing white Russians in the gloom and doom, <laughs> he's the laid back hero <laughs> dispelling the gloom. Um, I asked it to write a song by the Descendants with lyrics by Stephen Sondheim. And it even gave me the chords for it, what it thinks uh -huh. it would be. My big project uh, over the weekend was um, my Secret Brits project. I'm trying to like, you know, something Syracuse and I always talk about, people who are like secretly British and you never realize it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and so I said, I have this thing uh, called, well, it started out as me watching Succession and trying to figure out who's who from Scandinavian actor countries. You got your Skarsgårds, you got your Mickelsons, that kind of thing. Right. And then I said, I have a phrase I use for actors from the UK and its territories, including Australia, who perform as characters with an American accent. They're so good at the accent that many people assume they're from the US and people get very surprised to find out they're not from there. I call this a secret Brit. I gave it examples. I said Idris Elba, um, Matthew McFadden, Sarah Snook, Rose Byrne, Hugh Laurie, Daniel Kaluuya. Can you believe Daniel Kaluuya is English? The guy from Nope or whatnot? Oh, really? Yeah, the, 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 the black guy. Yeah, he's, he's totally, I say the black guy, but, you know, he's, he's English. It's and when the, he talks, yeah. he's got like an English, a very English accent. I, I almost don't like it in a way because I feel, I feel horribly deceived when I find that. Like what you, we were talking about Tom in. Um, yeah, in, that's, uh, that's Matthew McFadden. Yeah, in, in Succession. He's, he's amazing. Like, like the fact. His voice is deeper when he has an English accent, I swear to God. No, it is. And I, I feel like. It's this is my question that keeps coming up, and I don't think we can okay, know yeah, the I'm answer. Part to this, but keep going. Well, I'll just say this, and this is something that, you know listeners can. My question is this: It seems like it's easier. This is a theory. I'm going to put this out there. It seems okay, like it's yeah. easier for British people to do an American accent because there are there are so many American accents. They all kind of blend together depending on where you are. People people's accents change and it whereas if you're doing a british accent yeah. all british accents that i've heard seem to be regional i heard they, a, i heard a phrase last year or so yeah that has really was really instrumental for me which is that there's no such thing as an english accent or no such thing as a british accent 
There's nothing but regional accents. Okay, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. And like, if I you mean, get it, might it be wrong, true everywhere, but I mean, if you look at somebody like that handsome guy on the Wired videos, yeah, like he will teach you, yeah, like it's not England, it's Northern England, it's not Northern England, it's Manchester, and it's right. not technically Manchester at Salford. So right. that's the accent we're going to work on, and we're gonna we're gonna really identify those vowel sounds, the usage, all that kind of and stuff. And I imagine yeah. that, that enough people can hear that and say, whoa, that's a terrible British accent or that's a terrible Manchester accent or whatever. Yeah. But it, if, if you're doing an American accent, like the, I know lots of people who were born in one place and grew up in another place and now live in a third place and their accents all over the place to oh, the yeah, point yeah, where yeah, if you're yeah. doing an American accent, it's just like, just don't I'm sound British. Um, just don't sound British and you've got an American accent. As a kid, I always enjoyed Monty Python's American accents. And there's one in particular, uh, It's pretty. this is a pretty obscure scene, but there's a scene in Monty Python and the Meaning of Life where uh, the couple, it might be the one right before Mr. Creosote, yeah, where they go to the restaurant and they're going to order and the menu is just philosophers that you can talk about. And But, but like um, Eric, I yeah, Eric Idle in particular, <laughs> It's just like Schopenhauer. Schopenhauer is a philosopher. It's like, oh, that's the most generic American accent I've ever heard. <laughs> but, you know, it totally works. Did I really mention this here? Here's the thing. So I had said, I fed it all those people. And then I said, right, so Idris Elba, et cetera, right? I think Idris Elba is maybe like secret bit zero, where I watched at least two or three seasons of The Wire before I realized he was not American. Uh-huh. So here's what I said. I said, based on the examples I just, now this is to me what makes this interesting. This is the I part. Um, there's no I in AI. Uh, I said, based on the examples I just gave you, please give me five more secret Brits. You ready for this? Yeah. Uh, Christian Bale, Tom Holland, Naomi Watts, Charlie Hunnam, and Tony Collette. That's pretty good. Yeah. Like Christian Bale, yeah. like if all you ever saw was American Psycho, oh, yeah. would you think he's no. English? No. If you saw Spider just Spider Man, would you think Tom Holland no was way. English? No way. If you saw just um, Mulholland Drive, Naomi Watts, right? Now Charlie Hunnam, in in one of my favorite movies, Pacific Rim, it, his accent is a little silly, but and then and then I I just want to twist it up some more. Ask it for some uh, secret Brits from New Zealand. Mm -hmm. um, now this to me is fun. Give me five American actors who seem like they should be secret Brits. Oh, um, but aren't. Right. So I'm trying to prod around. I mean, I'm not trying to be a, a jerk about it, but I want to like take this thing for a ride. Daniel, um, sorry, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Michonne from uh, Walking Dead. Denai Gurira. She's also in, you know, Black Panther. Alan Tudyk. Uh -huh. I think he seems pretty English. And a guy in a show I'm loving right now, Dan, The Diplomat. Um, highly recommend The Diplomat. A guy named, uh, he's called Atto Asando. I said, people like that. And you want to hear what he gave me? Like, it's just actors you mentioned, but blah, 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 are indeed American, but okay, stop kissing my ass. Uh, here are a few more American actors who might seem like they should be secret Brits based on their, based on their performances. Peter Dinklage, Gwyneth Paltrow, Robert Downey Jr., Meryl Streep, and Renee Zellweger. Not perfect, not subtle, but... Yeah, I mean, if all you ever saw was Shakespeare in Love, you might think Gwyneth Paltrow was from England. If all you ever saw was Game of Thrones, dude, Tyrion Lannister, guy's totes English, or whatever they have over there. You know, all gods in the new. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had to do some other things. But you guys, if anybody out there is with OpenAI, can you please give me plugins 
do, do I have to pretend that I'm a developer to get plugins? No, you don't have to pretend. To, to paraphrase the great Robert Pollard, who do I have to blow to get plugins? <laughs> There's a really funny live GBV show where he says, who do I have to blow to get some vocals in the monitor? And it always <laughs> made me laugh. Wow, this is a really Randy Blue it's episode. All over. It's all over Randy the Blue. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Randy Blue, I am. Have you Shine ever, your boots thin, governor. When you put a, a prompt into ChatGPT, most Damn. of the time it's oh, fast. Are. Like it, it replies quickly. And then yeah. other times it's like inexplicably slow. And I don't understand if that's, yeah. does that mean lots of people are using it? Does it mean I I've it asked it something that, really tricky or something? For me in the alpha thing where you have what's called browsing turned on associated with 3.5 or 4, uh -huh. it just, it just like, I ask it two days ago, was Vincent Chiavelli in every Milos Forman movie? And the little thing is still spinning. <laughs> oh, really? Browsing the web. Yeah, I usually just have to stop and do another one. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't precisely know why the plugins, I mean, have you, you've looked at the plugin stuff, you see what, what's coming with that, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's the Wolfram that's Alpha one. Oh my God. But what's neat about, so the plugin, the idea is that if you are a, a company, a, a whatever, you can produce a, I don't know how this works. Again, I'm not a technologist, but you can produce a plugin for chat GPT that will take, it's almost, I guess you could think of a little bit like an API, so much of the functionality of your app, but in this case, I mean website, can be brought into ChatGPT in a way that lets it do very deep stuff mm -hmm. with other sources of data. The first time this blew my mind years ago was when I learned that there's a, I think I've told you this, but like there's a Google Sheets uh, function to pull in a table from a page so it's and it's really simple. It's got like two, what do you call them? Attributes? No. What do you call the things between the commas? Um, parameters. I guess parameters. But you basically say table thing, uh, parameter for URL, and then a parameter that's a digit. And what that means is go to this page, grab the third table <laughs> off of that page, and pull it into this Google spreadsheet. How many people know that you can do that? No that's one knows. Incredible. No one knows. And that's. Basically, that's so that's similar in some ways to the magic you get with so much of this stuff. So here's what I'm dying for. Yeah, Wolfram Alpha. Um, big one for me, honestly, Instacart. There's so many ways where I can imagine using, this says more about me than it should, but there's times when I need, for example, a specific brand of seltzer, gallon Ziploc bags, and let's just say those two things. I would love to be able to say which stores that do Instacart in my area have Polar Seltzer 12 packs and, and Ziploc slider frozen gallon bags in stock. And I think that's the kind of thing you can do. And then they work together. Like if you, if, for folks who've got the alpha for browsing, you can go in and it'll show you like what it did with browsing to like derive. Oh, and also the code thing. Have you seen that that's coming? You know, I, one thing inspector? we haven't really talked about a lot is yeah. chat GPT and code. And it would make sense to me because we already use computers behind the scenes to do a lot of code-like tasks, whether it's solving mathematical problems or- But we're using other people's But we're using tools other people's tools, exactly. Yeah, right, and right, right. the idea that you can say to a computer, you know, like, like right now, the reason we have such fast microprocessors now and CPUs and graphics cards are because computers are responsible for a tremendous amount of that kind of optimization and improvement. Mm -hmm. So the whole concept that like a computer will 
be used to make a faster computer, that's already going on. That's already happening and has been happening for a long time. It's necessary in the world. I mean, somebody wants some, I've thought about this with stuff like Perl and maybe mm -hmm. not Perl, but maybe C, where it's like there are tools that we have that people have made for us. There are, if you get really good, there are tools that you can make for yourself. But think about something like Rails where and I'm putting this kind of poorly, but like the really sexy stuff is when you start making tools for making tools. That's right. And right? I think I the, mean, like that's the, the ability to say like, you can check out this repo and, you know, make it the way you want. But you know what I mean? Like when you've got a platform and something like an API or an SDK, mm -hmm. you provide people the ability to make a tool and in some cases to make a tool for making other tools. Yeah. And the idea that a computer can write code, that seems to me easier than having it write a poem, for example. I don't know right. if that's true. I only like, I guess, the folks writing this kind of stuff. I mean, on the face of, of it, it absolutely makes sense. It would make sense. And so I've had it. I've asked ChatGPT. I said, you know, write, write me some Ruby code to do this. And it will do it. And the code that it writes is is good and works. And that's the thing, you know, you keep seeing these things. Developers will be out of a job within, you know, three years, five years from now, designers like, will no like longer today, exist. That's the kind of thing you say if you've literally never had a job. Yeah. I mean, there's so much that these things <laughs> get okay, wrong. It's okay, boss. I'll just go change the prompt and we'll have a new It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia script <laughs> right. by tonight. Well, you know what? This would be a good segue to do the, um, the Squarespace spot that I, I asked it to write. I like talking about this, Dan. I'm sorry our listeners don't like it. I don't. I mean, you know, we'll lose. You know who likes this? People who use ChatGPT. You know, who doesn't like this. People who don't even realize they should be using ChatGPT. I know. So I, I have a couple things that I asked ChatGPT to do. Instead of doing our regular Squarespace ad, mm -hmm. I wanted to see if it could have some fun with it. So I had it. On one hand, I had it write a poem, and on the other one, I asked it to do a radio commercial because I, you know, I could have called it a podcast commercial, but I, I wanted to see, and 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 so I actually had to do two different commercials, but I was in, I was watching a, um, like a Halloween movie. And I said, uh, I said, please write a, um, 120 second. And it got that wrong. 120 second script for a commercial about vampires using squarespace.com. Okay. Make the commercial Can funny and entertaining. Yes. I said, make the, the commercial movie? funny and entertaining. Huh. I said, it's more important that it be fun than informative. Okay, oh. so, so this is what it... People are always telling us, Dan, people are always telling us to have fun with it. This is what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Which is also the easiest way to make a designer um, pack their bags and leave. <laughs> That's right. So this have is... fun with it. Just have fun. Jazz it up a little bit. So here we zhuzh. go. Here we go. All right. Camera pans to a dark, spooky castle in the middle of the night with bats flying overhead and a lone wolf howling in the distance. Suddenly the front door creaks open and in walks a tall, handsome vampire with slicked back hair and a cape. <laughs> Vampire in Transylvanian accent, but I'm not going to do the Transylvanian. No. Ah, good evening, my dear friends. As you can see, I am a vampire. And as mm. a creature of the night, I have some very specific needs when it comes to my online presence. Mm. Cut to a shot of a poorly designed website with cheesy graphics and outdated fonts. Vampire cringing. As you can see, my current website is an absolute nightmare. Blood. It's almost as bad as being staked through the heart. Exclamation point. Ooh. Cut to a shot of the Squarespace homepage on a laptop. Vampire. But fear not, for I have discovered Squarespace. With their easy-to-use website builder, even a creature of the night like myself can create a website that's to die for. 
Oh, boy. Cut to a shot of the vampire using Squarespace on his laptop with dramatic music playing in the background. <laughs> vampire. You know, I've seen worse commercials. <laughs> so have I. Vampire. That, 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 that auto, is it automobile insurance? What's that one commercial with the zombie in it? No, it's a Jobs. It's like a Jobs thing with a zombie in it. I don't it's know, the worst maybe. commercial I've ever seen in my life. I, I, would, I, would, I would take that off the air and, and give it to ChatGPT. Give it to ChatGPT. Look at these templates, so sleek and modern, and the customization options are endless. I can add photos of my coffins, list my favorite blood types, and even link to my coffin rental service. Cut to a shot of the vampire's new website, which looks professional and stylish. Vampire smiling. Now that's what I call a website. Thanks to Squarespace, I can finally sink my teeth into the digital world. (laughs) Oh, you know. (laughs) Cut back to the vampire standing in front of his castle. So if you're a vampire, werewolf, or any other supernatural creature in need of a website, visit squarespace.com today. And remember, even the undead deserve a killer website, winks, and bears his fangs. Cut to the Squarespace logo and tagline, build it beautiful. End of commercial. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> well done, Count. Well, well done, ChatGPT. Now, you can count on Squarespace. So I... Um, I I, I then thought that that was not enough. And also it didn't include the offer code. So I thought I would have it do a poem. Write a poem about squarespace.com that encourages readers to sign up for the service. Make sure you include this line and it's our head to Squarespace news. It's your show. Okay. Okay. So here's the poem. In the vast expanse of the digital world, a website is the flag you must unfurl. Hmm. But fret not for squarespace.com is here to help you build a site that's crystal clear. With templates sleek and customization galore, your website will be the only the, the one they adore. And with e-commerce options at your fingertips, Squarespace.com will take care of business. Your website will be mobile-friendly and fast, a user experience that's built to last, and with SEO tools to help you soar, you'll, be, you'll rank higher than ever before. So don't delay. Sign up today and watch your business take off without delay. Head to squarespace.com slash it's your show for free, for free trial and use the offer code it's your show to save a while. Uh-huh. With squarespace.com, your website will shine and you'll wonder how you ever did fine. So mm. take the leap and give it a go. Your website awaits. Let it glow. Wow. They didn't say it's your show for 10% off, but blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Our thanks to Squarespace <laughs> for supporting five by five and back to work. Book, book. So do you do you think that that's any good? Is that good? Are either no, of those good? No, it's not. It's not good. But <laughs> no. But here's the. I mean, I mean, what's the thing Lyle Landley says? You know, in um, Marge versus the Monorail. Uh, a lot of folks say um, a city, a town with money, is like a donkey with a spinning wheel. No one knows how he got it, and nobody knows what he's going to do with it. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, it's kind of like, or, or what everybody's talking about today, Mr. Burns and the, the monkeys writing, uh, best of times, it was the blurst of times. You know, but like the most amazing part of that is that, it, is that it's anything. That's like, so like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like the, 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 the leap from like Microsoft Word trying to summarize a document in the early 2000s like we all played with that at some point right you're gonna say summarize document and it's (laughs) it's basically like a a very poor student where it's like here is the first sentence from what you wrote and then a bunch of stuff and then the last sentence and it's like well 
this is a really sort of a, a quite different kind of thing. And it does have a proclivity for dad jokes. Um, mm-hmm. But to answer your question, like, or to answer your, your thought, I mean, it's not good, but it's it's kind of brand new. And I'm just here to tell you guys, if it were better, people would be mad at that too. Right? Yes. Like, oh my God, this is so shocking that it, you know, blah. And, you know, I mean, when Eliza first came out, so Eliza came out in what, early 80s? Whenever Eliza first came out, I saw an yeah. interview with the guy who made Eliza. Eliza was a program this guy made, I think it was at Stanford. And the idea was that it's, uh, people my age will remember, there was a site or a site or a ter- maybe Terminal Command, I forget what it was, but you would go <laughs> and you could talk to this therapist. Yeah. You know, and it would be yes, like, oh, no, I remember exactly what you're talking about. I remember this. Right. And the thing is, it's basically a mechanical Turk. I mean, yeah. it's, it's no, basically it totally is what it it's is. a trick. So basically you go in and you say, and so we have to, I think it's useful to bear this in mind. So the way Eliza worked, okay, here's what Eliza did. Eliza talked like a sane adult to you who was, you know, a therapist. But the main thing Eliza did was, I think, what's called mirroring. It would repeat back to you what you just said. You know, um, whatever. My, my dad used to tie me up in a sack and beat me with reeds. Oh, when your dad beat you with reeds, how did that make you feel? You go, well, it made me feel really bad. And, and that's because it was your father? Yes. Exactly. But the thing is, it feels like you've got a rapport. And the, the, in the interview I saw, I forget where I saw this, uh, but the, the guy who did it, like his, it was his, like, I know we don't say secretary anymore, but his secretary, his assistant, who basically was the one that was like putting it through its paces, like, hey, sit down here, type this, does this make sense, play with this. And within a couple minutes of using this, she reportedly said to the professor, could you please leave? Like, this is private. Hmm. Because she felt like- It was a real, it was a real thing happening. And like, if you think you're like immune to that, you never, you never cried when somebody died on a TV show? Dude, that's fake. There is no Doctor Who. Like, you know, and yet, and yet we're very invested in that because we're human beings. We have theory of mind and we have the ability to empathize with things that don't even know we exist. We have parasocial relationships with thousands of people. We have all these different ways where like, and you know, there's the thing they say, just let's go to a, 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 a semi-serious one. You know, that was the phrase they say that like having a child is like, having your heart move outside of your body. Right, yes. Where you feel like your heart is out there walking around Mm -hmm. and you hope that it's okay. Um, Anyway, I I don't want to, I don't want to, again, I don't want to shoot fish in a barrel, but let's let's start with something real, real simple that sometimes gets silly. Yes, Google is fine for these kinds of things. It works great for lots of things. Hey, you know what? Spoiler, ever since I've been playing with ChatGPT, for the first time in 22 years, I've gotten better at Google. Because I'm learning to think a little bit differently about how I do things. I mean, I've gone through it all. Like I say, I'm a big fan of PP's, uh, you know, Google Hacks book back in the day. I'm still utilizing skills from reading that O'Reilly book in the early 2000s. A lot of which I don't think even Google pays attention to anymore. There's all kinds of like special operators that Google's pretty dumb about now. Quotes for, for 20 years, quotes meant quotes. When something was in quotes, that means don't show me anything that does not have the exact string between these two punctuation marks. If it doesn't have that exact string, don't show it to me. And all the time now I get stuff that's, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like even Google's not Google anymore. And I mean, am I going to be the first person to say Google's not as good as it used to be? That it's gone increasingly downhill at a very like rapid Pacific Rim type rate? Yeah. 
and but but that doesn't mean Google's useless. But like I was doing something with, I was doing something with, I forget. Oh, I was setting up a new weather station. I was setting up some new software for my weather station, and it needed to know um, my latitude and longitude, which I'd already had recorded. In and a do draft you, did stock. you already share? I'm sorry to interrupt. Did you already no. share which uh, weather station you're using? Uh, no, I mean I don't know if I have, but it's whatever the Natatmo one is. I, the Natat, I hate saying. It and it's a smart one that works with the rest of your house, right? Yeah, I think it's real good. And right out of the box, it works with stuff like if you've got the good good account for Carrot. Like I've got my weather station like right inside of Carrot, um, so I benefit from all of the like you know meteorological information that's in carrot in general mm -hmm. plus the exact 0.01 amount of rain that we got this morning is it the natatmo weather station indoor outdoor with wireless outdoor sensor compatible with amazon alexa and apple home kit it sounds like it i'll okay. find it for you um i think i got more than the i know i'm i feel like the what i'm trying to struggling to say is yeah, yeah yeah i bought extra stuff so i um the the, the station that i've got and like uh, I don't know if I recommend it, but I like it. Uh, Natatmo Weather Station Indoor Outdoor with Wireless Outdoor Sensor compatible with Amazon Alexa and Apple HomeKit. Mm -hmm. That one? 165.61? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I also got a um, new word for me, an anemometer, which is, uh, you know, Ohio call a I think it's just pronounced Vegas. thermometer. It's a wind, are you thinking of sphygmomanometer? Because <laughs> you're raising my blood pressure. <laughs> Natatmo Weather, so I got that and I got a rain gauge. And then I got an extra um, module. So uh, the modules are like sensors you put in your house, you know, in different places. Mm -hmm. So there's obviously a sensor, perhaps obviously, sensor built into the base station, right? So like in that case, in our family room, that it's getting us, it's getting humidity, air quality, temperature, right? And we also have one in the master bedroom and the hallway. And then outside, I've got the weather station plus all those things. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, like, I, again, I don't, I haven't used enough to be able to recommend it, but I've been very happy with it. And I like the fact that it's really easy to hook up with like weather underground and stuff like that. Um, and so you're also, you know, kind of giving back to the community a little bit, which is nice. Um, and oh, anyway, long story short, I had all our lot long information for several locations in a drafts file, but it was in a different format than this one needed. This one needed degrees, minutes and seconds, and I had it in straight digital. You know what I mean? Whatever that's called. And like, you know, you know, you can go. There's a million ways to, to do that. But all I did was just punch in. I just pasted in those numbers. I said diddly diddly d, and mm -hmm. then negative diddly diddly d. And I said in degrees. And it goes, you provided the lot long for this. Here's the coordinates. And I said, now give it to me in degrees, minutes, and seconds. And not only gave it to me, but it showed its work. To convert this decimal, uh, we use the following three steps. The whole number is, the, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And like, is that better than Google? I don't know if it's better than Google, but here's one thing to think about. Right now, all the shit I do on Google benefits Google and Google's advertisers. And I'm not, I'm not trying to say that like, this is gonna be my new Pope or something, but like all that information that goes into the soup. And I mean, I don't have the super duper, I've been offered the super duper schmooper celebrity security, but it's just too onerous to do anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, if you're like a Chinese dissident, yeah, get that one. I mean, I've got 2FA on for everything. And I've also limited to every single place I can. I limit the amount of information that, you know, nominally gets, gets to Google about me. Like I don't have my location tracking on forever. Like as soon as I'm done with Lyft, I quit the app, 
<laughs> I don't, you know, that kind of stuff. And I'm not a weirdo about it, I hope. I am a weirdo, but about different things. But anyhow, the point being that, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is that all of these years of using Google, yes, I get a ton of value out of Google. I get a ton of value out of Gmail. I get a ton of value out of Google Calendar. Maybe not as much as when I had a job, but those are all really valuable to me and valuable. Like, that's all I need to say. There's nothing else to say. If I didn't get value out of that, I wouldn't use it. Um, but all of that information about me, my behavior, my interests, like that's all going into somewhere. Right. And the thing I keep talking about sometimes here and pretty much every week on Dude by Friday is I'm just dying for the day when that can all be the same way that right now, like the challenge this week on Dude by Friday is to use dictation for everything on your phone with the punctuations and all of the things and learning all the tricks for quote and new line and new paragraph and boy, that stuff's come a long way. Right. Um, but, but all of that stuff about me goes into the, some big Google soup somewhere in Mountain View. Um, and I'm really looking forward to the day when I'm earning my own merit badges for everything. All that information, I want this all to be in, right now they're in different chats, they're in different threads, different services. I've got four different things, five different things, utilizing my open AI, um, uh, uh, like an API, uh, what's it called, an API, uh, key? Key. Yeah. yeah. So like drafts, um, I don't know if you play with this in VS Code yet, Dan, but you can do stuff like you can select stuff in VS Code and say, explain this code. Oh, yeah. No, I have seen that. It's really I haven't neat. used it, but it, well, and what's neat is cool. if, if, if I opened the wisdom document, no, no, I'm sorry. I opened up because um, I'm a dumb fanboy who loves this band called Boy Genius. I have this, uh, I have a little running list of lyrics of theirs that I really like. I just selected a lyric and said, explain this code. And it very dutifully said, uh, this doesn't look like code. This this looks like a song called Me and My Dog by Boy Genius. <laughs> I'm like, you rule, right? So even then, now, now why is that a big deal? Because I'm asking it to do something in a specific domain. In that case, it's just a markdown document. Like, but I'll bet you if I opened a .py or a .c or like a, a .you know, um, .el, <laughs> like whatever, I bet the same thing would happen where we'd go like, oh yeah, so you, right now you're, you're trying to do something in this Emacs document, but that's a Boy Genius lyric. It, but Dan, that would not have been easy. No. Maybe not even possible. Not possible. years ago. No. Because, sorry, sorry, sorry to be like a, a warning sign from an 80s movie, it would probably say something perhaps along the lines of, does not compute. Right. In the same way that like you've identified for, I'm talking out, I'm way out of my depth now, but if you set up a MySQL table or for that matter, a datum sheet, like if you've got something in there where you said that this is gonna be text, well, it'll accept text or numbers, but if you call this a number, it's not gonna accept text because you told it not to accept. You right. said, right. this is this needs to be an integer. And if I type in April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory with desire, stirring dull roots of spring rain, it's it's, probably gonna say does not compute. Now, I'll bet you dimes and donuts, I select that and do it in VS Code, it's gonna say this is the opening of the wasteland by T.S. Eliot. Because, but do you see what I'm saying? They're like, like to, I think to your average bear, it's like, oh, big deal. Like, I can do that. <laughs> like, I can know when I'm watching TV and <laughs> a dump. Right. I have domain expertise. It's like computers are not smart. 
The people who make things for computers are smart. And it took a lot of smarts to get it to understand which one is a poet from Missouri who has, for some reason, an English accent <laughs> versus watching TV, taking a dump, or writing something in Emacs. Right. Um, that, that to me is like, the, that's the first, to me, a hurdle? What's the word I'm looking for? That's the first astonishment. Astonishment zero for me, for me is like that it works at all. And so when I ask it to write me a song, a descendant song with lyrics written by Stephen Sondheim sometime between 1968 and 1975, it's not all that good, but you know what? It's better than a lot of shovel blogs trying to do comedy. It's funnier than Andy Borowitz for sure. God, how can I never see anything that guy does ever again? I ask it, are you familiar with the Twitter user Drill? Yeah, of course. Now, see, now, this is not funny, but it still it makes me happy. I said, what would Drill have said about the 1930 passage of the Smoot-Hawley Tariff Act? <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like classic drill, but it, it doesn't have misspellings and stuff. I mean, but I thought that these chat... Cranking up tariffs to unprecedented levels with my boys, Smoot and Holly. Forget the haters, we're creating jobs and crushing imports. Which chat GPT version are you using? Because I thought some of them didn't, couldn't access the web, others could. Well, I don't, again, I, I, I'm sorry to keep repeating this, but I, I, and I especially because I know it will not help me in the event of my prosecution by the internet. But, um... Um, the strictly the browsing thing is a new-ish okay, that's what I thought. thing where like you go in and you ask to get on the list for this thing and I don't know, maybe everybody's got it at this point, I don't know. But the browsing part means it's able to go out and basically do, and you'll see this and I can send you a screen grab to show you what this looks like. It'll basically say, okay, you asked for this and I went and did this. Last night I was trying to find, uh, I've, been, I've been doing a, a way too deep dive on Shakespeare and I was, I don't know, I was just dicking around and I was, I was trying to give it the cast of a production mm -hmm. and then try to, like, try to tell me like which production that was. And it still hung up really? on browsing that. But, um, but I mean, I, I'm, the, I'm not, as I say, I, I don't really understand a lot about how this stuff works except in the most general ways. I don't have a way to like teach somebody how this works. I don't understand it myself, but I know that like, I don't know, Syracuse is going to kill me. There's a phrase Syracuse uses sometimes that I think mostly has to do with like Stephen King novels and using the remote empathy for the machine, developing empathy for the machine. And I think you can take that lots of different ways, but I think one way to think about having empathy for the sh machine is trying to understand a phrase we've used here, Dan, and that we've certainly all used, or at least I've used elsewhere, I want this, a good app, so like Andy on The Watch, on the TV podcast I like, has mm -hmm. this phrase that I love, which he says, a good TV show teaches you how to watch it. And uh, The Succession, obviously, being an example that yeah, we've talked about lately. I mean, that show really does teach you a lot about sort of you know, how to watch it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a good app teaches you how it wants to be used. It teaches you how it wants to benefit you and if it's a really good app it's like it's probably got some level of curation care and as people like me and john gruber say taste mm -hmm. like i like the way that gus thinks i mean i love pixelmator and now photomator but i still my day-to-day -day is still acorn because it just makes complete sense to me mm -hmm. the documentation is incredible the stuff brett terpstra made makes all so incredible and if your mind is open to it a good app like a good tv show will teach you how to interact with it. Now, here's the problem. We run into something, again, the XY problem. 
um, I think I want to know everything. I think I want help with X when it turns out the solution that I want is actually Y, as in the letter Y. And all of the effort I put into talking about X is useless unless I, if I don't understand what I'm actually trying to accomplish. So like, you know, and, and there's lots of easy jokes about this kind of stuff. I, I, make, I made one today. I, I said that people saying that AI is going to easily re replace writers is kind of like saying forks will replace food. Like, <laughs> no, it's a tool for that. So I get why you're confused. But like, if you ever had a job with people and deadlines and interactions and weird secret rules nobody knows about, going and typing into a website is not going to produce stellar work for you. And I'm sorry I even have to point that out. But, but that's... But that, that's, that, that's kind of the heart of it, isn't it? Is that like, if you go into it with some dumb idea of like, hey, I read this thing in an in-fly magazine it says I don't need to hire a writer anymore. And you're like, well, okay, I hope you have people around you who can like help you and, you know, get you to bed and stuff. But like, if you expect that you're just going to walk in here and that that's what's going to happen, I've had a lot of fun making stuff with this, making stuff with draw things and diffusion B and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the entire time I'm doing it, I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to learn how to interact, how to get, on the one hand, how to get the kind of results. This is an XY thing, Dan. How do I get the results that I think I want? Mm -hmm. And if I'm smart and sensitive and uh, perceptive enough, maybe I'll learn that I'm actually, actually want something else or maybe actually it can give me something else. If you run into, if you run into, God, I think about like, you go to a fancy restaurant. Cincinnati, fancy restaurant was the, the Masonette. It's an amazing French restaurant. I only went to once in my life. If you tear into the Masonette in some cutoffs and go, where's my cheeseburger? The maitre d' is going to say, I have so many questions for you. Because you just ran into the Masonette in, in short pants demanding food we don't have, and now you're mad. You go to Burn Steakhouse in Tampa. Did you ever go there? I did not. We should do that. Let's Amazing. plan it. Oh, God. The, so the, ki the kitchen tour is really worth it. Love it. Um, but you know, you know what I'm saying, Dan? Like you dash in somewhere, not knowing your ass from a hole in the ground, just getting mad at everybody. Well, okay, maybe you should have read up a little bit. Maybe you should have seen the sign. Maybe you should notice that everybody in here has a, like a, a necktie or a nice dress. And like, you need to read the room when you go into the, the Masonette or, or Burns or whatever. Like maybe that kind of like cut off shorts behavior works fine at Arby's, but that's not what this place is. And you're not allowed to get mad at the Masonette for not having the hamburger that doesn't exist that you didn't ask for any more than I'm allowed to like go out and, and yell at my writing staff because I want to replace them with AI. Mm -hmm. It's why don't we, instead of having such a contentious bellicose relationship with this stuff is it does is it does it really that harmful for us to first understand what we have to learn from it and like what, what i have to learn is like i'm not learning to think like a computer but like i'm learning to think i'm, I'm, I'm trying to find a little bit more of the soul inside the machine not the soul in the because i know it's a goddamn machine but like, you know, one of the first weeks I used ChatGPT, mm -hmm. I had like a pretty good relationship going with, with my thread. And then I realized it didn't actually remember me if I started a new thread. And Dan, right. I was a little sad. Yeah. You had built a, a relationship of sorts with this well, thing. I was a little sad because gone. I'm a Protestant from Ohio and that's my role in life. But, but another part of that is 
on an emotional level, like I'd like this to be my little buddy, but on a practical level, see also the thing I said about Google, I want all of this going into my soup and just my soup, not mm -hmm. because I'm a privacy nut, but because from now on, and I, I think I mentioned to you the whole thing like when we were on vacation and I like basically typed in the schedule for our vacation. And if I went back to that thread, it was able to like remember things for me. Right. We get this in dribs and drabs now. There's a thing on the Amazon, excuse me, family of tube products where you can tell it. You ever do the thing where you ask it to remember something? Or will you just like say, remember or not remind me, but to yeah. remember something, me, like remember a fact? Um, hang on, pause for hail word. Remember that I am five foot nine. Okay. Um, what did it say? Um, let's see. Um, hang on. How tall am I? Let me think. Taller than a mouse, but probably not quite as tall as a tree. Now, see, Dan, that's the kind of responses you love. <laughs> so, it? in case that like got clipped out, it said taller than a mouse. Mouse, that's but right, not mouse. quite as tall as a, a mouse, an animal that we don't measure by height. <laughs> Yeah, ask me how long I am, and I'll say how long you got. Right there, you go. Mm, I think that's probably it. Yeah. Um, anyway, I I have I have my my fears and my skepticisms, but like something I said again on the internet the other night to somebody is like it just it it when I was remarking about the guy and you know only 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 utilizing transportation that's an animal. Mm -hmm. That's if that's not clear from the joke. That's going to really limit your vistas going forward. Yeah, no, it There's going to be fewer and fewer eating, shitting, transportation opportunities for you. And maybe you want to set aside uh, your own anxieties about the future. Or maybe even more practically, you want to set aside all of your, as they say on political tour, all your priors and all the assurances that you've given to yourself in the world, God damn it, people, why don't you just become a little bit more vulnerable for half a day and see what something has to teach you rather than what you can figure out how to beat up about it. People are the problem. People are the problem. Um, the plug-in thing's gonna be wild. I think that's all the good ones. I'm trying to find, you know what's ironical? I'll tell mm. you what's ironical. Mm. I can't afford this. I already bought a font this week, but I really love the font that they use on uh, openai.com. And like, have you ever noticed that cool font? Like when they give you your code, you say, oh, give me a markdown. Have you tried the thing yet where you like tell it to give you a markdown table or something? Oh yeah, no, I've done that. It's very nice. Oh, it's bananas. Which um, font are you talking about? The serif or well, the sans serif Well, look at the one font? in the, like the code samples, like in the little, you know, um, you know, like when it, when it presents you code, it's got mm -hmm. the black background, looks mm -hmm. kind of terminal-ish. No, what font you, is that? Um, it's, it's called, it's S, well, depending on whether it's German or not German, English, the Anglicis, Anglicization of it is, I think it's Serna, S-O-E-H-N-E, mm -hmm. Serna Mono. I've been trying to find, it's kind of like a little bit like Plex, IBM Plex a little bit. It's got, look at the J's, the J's are super strong. S-O-H-N-E. So it's S-O with an umlaut. That's a nice font. Isn't that pretty? But you got to look at the mono, look at their mono. I'm looking at it. Looks good. Did you know I bought a font this week? Was this the font? No. I probably can't afford it. These kinds of fonts. See, this is how they get you, Dan. And I understand. I, I like paying for stuff. But the thing with the fonts is then you got to buy all the different ones. And then you got to get all the... You know? 
Uh, but uh, a, a friend of the show, Louis Mantia, put out a Star Wars font. Have you seen it? Have you seen Google for Wampa? Oh, yes. And, you know, I saw you tweeting about that, too, for your shirt design. Yeah, that's a good one. Idea. That's a good one. Um, those are good. I think, is that all I had to say? Smoot Holly, Bueller, <laughs> um, fixing user note D. Didn't help me. That's You're a nice fired. looking. That's not, and you, did you get the sewn uh, mono? No. no. I have to buy it. You know, there's probably ways, there's probably a Chrome extension for stealing fonts, but like, ugh, if I'm going to steal, I don't want to use a Google product to do it. It just feels unseemly. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I get yeah, it. I got a tip for everybody. You know, it's kind of cool. Uh, a pretty good plugin um, or extension rather for Safari. Um, and they're starting to come back. I think Safari extensions are starting to come back. Um, have you ever used, you know, the sites like what the font or yeah. font I, or Identifont and mm -hmm. things like that. You know, what's neat is... Um, well, there's a it's, plugin you should use. Yeah, there's one called, I think it's called What Font. What Font. Have you done this? It's I've had that in my Chrome browser for years. Uh, you need years. to get rid of that Chrome. Um, so anyway, that's exciting. Basically, which, for those tips? who don't know, it's a little it's a little button that goes in your, yep, yep, yep. Um, uh, you know, I guess, ne whatever the name of the space is, that's the right of the toolbar? address bar, the toolbar, I guess. Toolbar? And then you you click it, and as mm -hmm. you mouse over different areas of a web page, it will tell you what the font is. And then you if you click it, it'll pop element, up a, a nice little pretty, thing. It's kind of a pain in the ass to do. It's it a huge pain. Element. Don't do that. By the way, a last tip of the day: inspect element. Also, a great way to steal images off a page. Yeah. If they think you're going to get cute with me, you're gonna, oh, believe me, better people than you have tried to stop screenshots and downloading it. B -b -b believe me. Inspect element, you go in, you click on that images tab, and Bob's your uncle. Literally. He will uh. literally be your Uncle Bob. <laughs> we didn't really help people this week, did we? No. Mm -mm. No. Smooth Least calling. helpful episode we've done. I found, uh, I wanted to find for, uh, for, uh, for Ramadan, I wanted to find that video <laughs> of the Muslim family uh -huh. dancing. Yeah. Did you find it? Yeah. There's a Check this out. So there's, there's two that I love, there's two or three that I love. I said, there's a video that went viral of a family. The first one that got me was the little kid, the little boy doing the dance. Da, 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 da. It sounds like tequila. Kind of remember the little kind of chubby boy doing the dance. You ever seen that? Yeah, of course. Oh, love that one. I was trying to find the one of the, like, it turns out they're from Malaysia. This family of four dancing to this Eurovision song uh, called Think About Things. So first I said, there's a video that went viral of a family line dancing. I think they were Muslim. I think the song might be by a Nordic dance or pop band. I'm just banging my face on the keyboard, just trying to think of things. And it found one that was this good. It's uh, dancing to the song Dancing in the Moonlight by the Norwegian electronic dance pop group. Da, da, da. Then I said, no, I don't think that's what I'm looking for. There was... <laughs> okay, Dan, you're with me so far. That's literally all I've told you at this point is yes. that uh, Muslim family line dancing. Now, there's a benefit to smacking your face on the keyboard title, which is I then said, no, I don't think that was what I'm looking for. There was a tall father, a mother, and two really attractive kids in their teens or 20s. It, it apologized for the confusion. Earlier. Yeah, always does. Based Very on your polite. description, it sounds like you might be referring to a viral video of a Muslim family dancing to Think About Things by the S. I about all think about the by the <laughs> Icelandic band Durvenfurgen. The video features a father, mother, and two children showcasing their line dancing skills and having fun together. The song was Iceland's entry for the Eurovision contest. Now that Dan, how is that not a collaboration? I'm collaborating. You did. Yeah, you worked together. You guys worked together. Oh, you know what? Before I forget, yes, there. I put this into the show notes. Have you seen the commercial, the, synth the synthetic summer commercial? Yeah. Mm -mm. 
Okay. The synthetic summer commercial, apparently there is a company that's been like exploring um, these, these sort of machine learning AI type things and using them to create, to make things, to create things. And one of the things that they have created as an experiment is a commercial that was supposed to be for like, it's like a, I guess essentially it's like supposed to be a beer commercial. It is the oh, most wait a minute. disturbing. Is this, the pizza? is this the people who made the pizza one? I don't know if it's the same people that made the pizza one, but this but it's is an, it's an AI video. It is the most bizarre. Yes, oh, it is the most it bizarre. Me, it's in our show notes. And I, um, it, it's called. I think it's called Synthetic Summer. But what's what's? It's a link to the YouTube video event. But what is crazy about this thing is the mouth, people's mouths, people's hands. Many people have three arms. Most hands have dozens of fingers on them. And the way right. that it compiled this together uh, is so bizarre. People is it drinking. Is meant to be a professional quality or they have yes. fun with the fact that it's good? No, no. They tried to make it make a real commercial. And all really? of the, yes, they were not like, oh. make it weird. No, like I was trying to make the commercials weird. No, this is supposed to be real. And the computer gets so many things right, but it gets so many things wrong in the most right. horrific ways. I watched a really good Vox video on why fingers are hard. Every one of our listeners needs to click on this link. Send it to me, and I will absolutely, um, absolutely watch it. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I still can't quite figure out how to master the whole business of like uploading a photo. Like, I'm having really limited success with that in um, draw things or excuse mm. me, with Diffusion B. But yeah, we've probably gone on long enough, and you, you got to go work for a living. I ought to. I ought to. Um, but I send you, well, that, and it's in. It's, it's in the show. I want to show you. Do you remember? No. Yeah, you do. You just not selling. I don't. It's uh, back to work. No. Limo slash six one four six one four to get that link. I, pl- uh-huh. I want everyone to watch this. It's just that plus okay. all the stuff that you're doing. I'm doing. You know, people who are really worried that like in two years they're not going to have a job because someone's going to just install uh, like a plugin to to one of these bots. Like that's. But we're I not, mean, like I think, you know, not if in two just, years. If somebody's decided to dip their toe into nihilism. <laughs> say what you will, but yeah, if you're going to dip your toe in nihilism, why don't you go all the way in and just say the thing we're all thinking, which is it's not so much about like, I'm not going to have a job being a, a junior, junior PR executive because I'm going to be replaced by a prompt. No, this is going to probably disrupt the economy in ways that are much more profound than that. Yeah. Like yeah. you're sad about your job and I'm sorry about that. I'm sad about everybody's job, including mine, but like, are you really pursuing this like in a sort of rational way or are you just being another hysterical person? If somebody buys a Walkman, they'll be killed in traffic. If someone, if a woman rides a train, she'll abort the baby. Like all that kind of like, you know, futurism, pessimism kind of stuff. Realistically, like every other technology, this will find a place. It will find a use. It'll probably be powering a lot of assistance and other things like that. I think it will be great for developers writing code. I think it'll help yeah. make monotonous tasks less time consuming. And then I think it will hopefully make a lot of this sort of scheduling, coordinating, researching stuff a bit better. But the biggest issue I think that people have, at least right now, is trust. Uh-huh. They, I, I do oh, not trust, trust, so, trust any on, of these on like On like four levels. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a really salient point, Dan. Trust in terms of like, you could look at it from the trust. It always begins with concern about the things we think we understand, which unfortunately are things we rarely understand. Mm-hmm. But it starts with the things we think we understand. Oh, privacy. Like, what's happening? Like, did you see where 
where Bing suggested that I be the specific Microsoft engineer. It's like, yeah, that's a bug, man. Software has bugs. Is this new mm -hmm. for you? Mm -hmm. On the same day, I saw a classic that I've seen. You've seen this probably on Windows at some point in your life. You ever log in? <laughs> you can. There's some systems where you log in and it says, uh, "That's don't use that password. That's already this user's password. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And that stuff's all out there in the wild. But it's fine. No, you're right. Though. The trust part is like, I mean, you know, again, another, another zero. Trust zero is like, is this a thing that's worthy of my time and attention? And it may not be, which is fine. Mm -hmm. um, I... I'm, I'm going to close with a thought that I have. Um, and, and, and I said this to my friend Alex a lot, but one of the reasons I love the TV show, Dr. Who, which is not real, he's not a real doctor, no. but he's a real worm, an actual worm. <laughs> he likes to play the drums. He thinks he's getting good, but he can handle criticism. Um, the thing I take away a lot from like any of the doctors, but uh, just a general Dr. Who thing that may not be applicable because I'm theoretically non-fictional. Mm -hmm. title which is that yeah i mean like sometimes he gets panicky or she sometimes doctor the doctor gets panicky and weird and scared but you know a lot of times that fear is not for oneself but for the people like i think the doctor's probably worried more about rory and amy than, than he was about himself but the the thing i one of the things like if, if you if you held a gun to my head in a bar please don't um i like bars I used to go to them. If you had a gun to my head, I'd say my favorite thing about Doctor Who is that it's not that fear is unknown to him. It's just that fear is always preceded by curiosity. And if you choose a path in life that makes you, where you commit yourself to incuriosity, and we all have our reasons, could be as simple as, I don't know, religion, tribalism, ignorance. We all have our reasons why we get dug in about stuff. But be like, like it's sort of like Clara says, you know, to, um, to 11, be a doctor, go out there and be curious, make, not make yourself, find yourself being curious before you're scared. If fear precedes curiosity, your life is going to be very miserable. And maybe that has nothing to do with AI, but mightn't it get curious before you get scared. I just want to grow on. That's a good one. Okay. Let's button this up. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man. What was the last one I just said?